You're listening to Upstate HR, the HR podcast for non-HR businesses in Upstate New York. The world is full of opportunities for people who are willing to work hard. How do you make sure your company is a good opportunity for stellar employees? We've talked about job descriptions and we've talked about interviewing. Now, how do you identify that employee, that stellar employee in the interview process? Stay tuned. Upstate HR is brought to you by Labor Love. For only $8 a month, you'll receive a new labor law poster automatically every time there's an update. With Labor Love, you'll never have to worry about poster compliance again. Visit laborlove.co for details. Labor Love, love what you do, leave the labor to us. And by Burr Consulting, LLC. In today's world of ever-changing and evolving labor and employment law, payroll processes, employee relation issues, and the complexity of a work-life balance we all face, understanding and addressing these issues can create multiple challenges in legal liability. Burr Consulting offers you affordable human resources consulting for both profit and not-for-profit organizations. Visit burrconsultingllc.com today. Strategically aligning HR as a partner for the success of your business. Now let's get started. So today we're talking with Matt and Megan and we're discussing um, identifying stellar employees and what to do when you have a stellar employee. We talk a lot about um, disciplining employees and what to do when you have issues um, and uh, I have to say, you know, at Creative Marketing, uh, we found one employee who had interned with us for a while, and we got to see um, her strengths and see where she really wanted to contribute, and uh, we were able to hire her eventually. And we have one employee who works down the street and uh, came in after he left that job and sat down in the chair where you are right now, Matt, and said, just so you know, I left that other job in case you're hiring. And we hired him. So uh, we, we have two very different scenarios under which we've hired really stellar employees. And, um, and so you're not always sure how you'll end up with, with a great employee. But when you do, uh, there are ways to ensure that you don't sabotage that relationship, that you don't um, you know, run them out the door. And, uh, and what are some of the things that you've seen businesses do you know, we like to start with the negative on this podcast. Yeah. So what are some things you've seen the businesses do that um, can push great employees out the door? What what should be, you be careful about? You know, I, I think um, that's a that's a great question. I think the one thing that, that I see businesses do more than anything else is not not challenge somebody enough where, they, they, you know, they might be. Uh, it might be time to move them into a leadership type development role or give them more opportunity for growth and advancement, more responsibility. That could be, um, you know, one, one thing that would push them out the door. Not not providing training, continuous, continuous education would be another one where, you know, if they've asked for it and you've said no, 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 no. Another thing that could be, uh, that could be, um, you know, again, have, give you turnover for for, for good people. And, you know, bosses and supervisors holding people back is another one where they're, 
fearful that they might be better than the man and that the employees better than them at their job. Uh, those things are, those things I think are, are uh, detrimental to organizations. You know, the one thing that I, that I harp on with people in this area and anyone I talk to is talented people are always going to have opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the world is full of opportunities for people that are willing to work hard um, and, and are motivated to do good things. Mm-hmm. And we've got to recognize that like if, if we're not uh, if we're not providing those opportunities, they're gonna go down the road and find it. Yeah. It's that easy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's there's um, some ego involved too. You know, you you get up to a position or you start a business and you feel like you're the one in charge and then, you know, it's it's um, a tough pill to swallow for some people to hire those who will challenge them. You know, you, but I, I know I always say that I, I want to be challenged and I want to have people, you know, no matter how, how old they are or how much experience they have, um, I, have I want to have something to learn from them. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah, and the one thing I did forget, you know, um, I think feedback is big. When you don't provide someone feedback is, is another big one where mm-hmm. if somebody's asking you for a performance review. I mean, I'm working with certain places now. When's the last time you've had a performance review four years? Well, come on. I mean, there's no reason to not have a performance review for four years. You know, that's a frustrating thing for people is, is performance review. Uh, recognition's another one. Some people like recognition. Others don't. I think mm-hmm. we have to know our employees enough to to know is is, it, is public recognition what they want? Is it just a, you know, hey, you're doing a great job type of conversation or email? Is it a, you know, dinner a gift card, something like that. Those things, you know, you'd have, you'd be surprised at how much value that brings to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it depends on the person. So sure. Or even recognizing that maybe they want additional work. Um, yeah. I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding that all of it needs to be rewards and right, recognition. Right. And in reality, sometimes that person has career goals maybe outside of your organization, and that can be really hard to swallow. Yeah. You know, I'm going to spend four years training this person, turning them into this amazing thing, and then there's the chance they're going to leave. Yeah. Um, but there's also the chance that if you don't do it now, they're going to leave you sooner than that right. anyway. Right, right, right. So I think recognizing that some people really need that extra responsibility to feel like they're doing something good mm-hmm. and getting them more involved at the ground level is a good option. Yeah, and I, and I mean, the one thing is that, you know, you take a look at someone like me who's been in HR for 10, 11 years, it, it doesn't necessarily mean someone in HR isn't interested in a finance or a marketing or a, an operations type role to learn in, or supply chain or IT to learn and grow in their career where there's opportunity. Hey, is there an opportunity for me to get on and do some operations work or learn more about IT and, and help with social media or marketing? I mean, there's a vast, uh, vast area, like vast, I guess, ideas and projects someone could be involved in. You know, and if they're asking for that, let's look into it and see what we can do to get them that exposure and experience. They might turn into your next CIO or your yeah. next operations manager or uh, finance director. You never know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we find you know if we don't have or in the past if we didn't have enough work to go around, um, we wanted to make it really clear that it was okay to spend time researching or volunteering or you know doing other things sure. you're still going to get your your paycheck you're still going to get your you know the the hours that we right. agreed upon for the week but um to spend that time feeling like you're building 
towards yep. your own career. You know, we could we can't afford to help you pay for college or anything like that, but we want to make sure that we give you every opportunity to grow, to meet people, to have volunteer opportunities, um, build relationships in the region because. Yep. Um, you know, even though those relationships may lead to different jobs or better opportunities, I think there's always that um, level of appreciation for uh, the freedom to do that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I personally, when someone tells me they're leaving a job or leaving for another opportunity or new challenge, I mean, I, I'm the first one to say congratulations. I mean, you know, good luck mm -hmm. because, you, you know, you can't stop people from getting that growth and opportunity. And, and Maybe it's that you didn't fail, you know, an organization didn't fail or, or didn't do the right thing. It's just that, again, there's opportunity everywhere and yep. a person is of value and, and another place recognized it. So good yep. luck. I hope everything works out. Sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. So, yep. I think building that, you know, culture of where you're, you're recognizing excellence and you're investing in excellence and you're sharing excellence builds an entire culture of that. And then you become known as an employer that takes care of its employees yeah. and cares about what happens to them and has an investment in, in the community and in the people and it becomes easier to find stellar employees you know if all of your employees right. are people that feel underappreciated and like they're not having you know a good time at work or not doing what they're supposed to be doing then that's the kind of talent you attract yeah. so really by investing in your stellar employees you're creating a culture where you can hire more stellar employees and the next thing you know you have an entire team of people that are rock stars and right. everything they do and and that becomes part of the your brand as a, as a, a business I always wonder when I look at huge businesses like Disney or you know some of the restaurant chains like Moe's where everybody always seems excited to be at work and they always are pleasant to be around when you're in those places I always wonder how they're able to hire so many good people because when you, I mean, you've got to just look across the board and say, okay, you know, probably 30% of people are just unpleasant to be around. How do they avoid that 30% altogether? And um, I think you just hit the nail on the head by, by talking about creating that culture. Absolutely. And I can speak from having worked at one of those major organizations that's known for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked there for a couple of years. And what I found was it was a lot easier to be amazing at my job when I was surrounded by other people who were amazing at their jobs mm -hmm. every day. I can truthfully say that I worked, you know, 50, 60 hours a week there. And I would maybe spend five of them with people that weren't incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone else was just oozing that excellence yeah. because it's a culture that breeds that. Right. And if you're not excellent, you know you're not excellent and you leave. Yeah. So you oh, know, they, sure, yeah. they never get out in front of people. So you're really only seeing the people that stayed because they thrive in that sort of environment. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, th I think that's a good point. The culture is going to weed people out. You've got your probationary period, you know, with most employee employers to weed people out that aren't a culture fit. And I mean, and, and again, employees will recognize that, hey, this, this isn't the job for me. Maybe it's, I need to go do something different. Because if you're not one of those people that's super excited, that, that's ready to, to, to go above and beyond every day, you're probably not going to make it at a place like a Moe's or a, mm -hmm. a Disney or, you know, a, probably a Google or Facebook or, or other areas where people seem to always be attracted to 
um, you know, positive attitudes, things like that. So well, it's tough to be around people who are so excited when you're miserable. Right, right, so. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to make you even more, I guess, like miserable or negative to be in that environment, and it's going to be like you just got to go find something else to do at that point. So. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that people take take their jobs serious. You know, where where you know a company like GE. People weren't excited to be at work. They weren't like, you know, smiling and cheerful like that. They were just driven. Like they're type A people, they're going to work, they're focused, they're going in to do their job. Yeah. It's a different culture. So Well, what are some of the ways that you can incentivize a stellar employee to maybe get them to stick around a little bit longer than they might normally? Um, or to, to get them to realize that there are growth opportunities, even in a small business. I think having an honest conversation with your employees is the best place to start. Um, as a leader, as a manager, even as a coworker that's maybe been there a little bit longer, I think it's okay to pull your employee aside and say, what do you want to do? Um, I know I had an opportunity within the company I work for to grow into a different role that didn't exist yet. And the only way I got to do that was because my manager took me to lunch one day and said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I know you don't want to stay here forever. Mm -hmm. And he was really honest about it. And it allowed us to have a conversation that was very different from the one I thought I was going to have to have at the end of that summer, mm -hmm. which was, I can't do this anymore. I'm bored. Somebody right. help me out. Right. Um, so because he was so honest, I was able to have that conversation. I was able to grow into something and I stayed longer than I would have. Yeah. Um, under different circumstances because I was able to take on this new project and on this new role. So an yeah. honest conversation is a great place to start. Yeah, I think that's that's a good good place to start, absolutely. You know, the other thing I've seen more companies doing, um, you know, besides like your, your typical employee engagement survey would be like they call, they're called stay interviews. What makes you stay in this organization? And we're actually going to roll one of those out to mm -hmm. one of my clients here in the fall. The stay interview is a good thing to kind of generate reasons why people stay with the organization, what makes them uh, engage and do things, um, you know, for the organization be another one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the evaluation, the feedback is big, putting together three to five year plans, asking them if they want to be involved in projects. You know, and I think that we, we talk about this as leaders, employees have to do this as well. If they want to get involved in something, they have to speak out and ask they have to ask for more responsibility like Megan did. I'm bored. I need something else to do. Mm -hmm. What else can we have them do? You know, those are conversations that they also have, quote unquote, skin in the game, right? So those are things that uh, there's, it's a two-way street with communication. I think that, uh, you know, we, we both uh, have equal responsibility in having that discussion. So, And I think asking is the most important piece of what you just said, Matt, because I think at some point every leader has misjudged but they thought that person needed. Right. And then we've accidentally given them something they hate worse yeah. than what they were <laughs> yeah. doing before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and the interesting thing about this whole discussion is none of us have mentioned pay them more. None of yeah. us have mentioned money. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we you hope that you're paying your employee what you're able to pay them. Right. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of room and you can incentivize them with a little bit extra um, and that's great, especially for a small business to be able to do something like that. But what we just heard are a ton of examples that don't include money because people are motivated by so much more than Absolutely. that. Yeah. And I think it's 
okay to have the conversation with your employees if they are motivated by money to say, I'll give you this little bit, you show me you can do this, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we'll talk again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had that conversation with employers before, and it worked out great for me, and it worked out great for them because they got to see something else I was good at, and I eventually got paid a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but they incentivized that and were very honest with me up front. I think that honesty component is very important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's based on the employee. Um, it depends on what they value. And I've had this conversation. Money isn't everything to people. Sometimes it is. People are driven by finance and, and uh, you know, I guess materialistic goods. But, you know, a lot of people, I think, are driven by, like what you said, uh, the research side, uh, volunteering, things like that. Continuing education is a big one, I think, for our my generation, our generation. Mm-hmm. Pay student loans, people, that's a good one too. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the person. So again, you've got to know your employee and, and what's important to them. Maybe it's to have an extra day off or have a Friday off every other week yeah. for a while. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So. Thank you for listening to the Upstate HR podcast. If you have any ideas on the topics we should cover, send us an email at ideas at upstatehrpodcast.com. Tell your friends and coworkers to subscribe in the iTunes podcast store. And thank you for listening.